When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to Benchtown TV, that is. Uh, my name is Kyle. I'm joined by Kathleen, Luke, and Jimmy. So Jimmy's back for another round. It's nice to have you, Jim. Uh, we're Thank here you. to discuss episode 10, the season finale of House of the Dragon titled The Black Queen. So this is actually, we all got together, all seven of us. So I guess if you're only listening to House of the Dragon, you might not know that there are three other members of Benchtown. So we have Dave, producer Dave, we got B-Toms, Brian, and then we have Paul. So we actually were all together watching this episode, which was actually really fun. We were drinking our Negroni Spagliato with Prosecco in it. <laughs> sure were. Which, Gagging uh, on them. <laughs> yeah, Days of Fortunatamente, it was disgusting. But uh, it's all right. We forgive you, Emma. Um, but <laughs> So we got pretty much all King's Landing last week. We got pretty much all Dragonstone this week. We have a ton of shit to talk about, so I will just say that I really, really enjoyed this episode on my second watch and like kind of just engaging with the fandom, I guess, for lack of a better term, throughout the week. Um, I thought they wrapped things up fairly well and put us on a good foundation for season two, and that's kind of my initial take. Yeah, I could go next. The tee-up was perfect. I remember watching it all live. We were a little tuned up, drinking some whiskey, drinking some Negroni, Spagliatos, and I was... It ended and I realized I was kind of I felt dissatisfied at the end. And I thought that was a reflection of the episode. But in reality, it was a reflection of I was so fucking sad that the season was over. Yeah. <laughs> and that we'll have to wait so long. But on my rewatch, man, so fucking good. It hit so well. I don't know. I want to ask you guys, like, would you, did you like the way that that the penultimate was only team green and the finale was only team black? Did you like that? I don't know if I would have. I feel like in episode nine, I missed Damon and Rhaenyra and episode 10. I missed Allison and them. So I, what do you think, Luke? I think it's going to look better on a rewatch because this is truly the end of the setup for the war, the actual dance of dragons. But I was I feel like this was different. Like this, this didn't feel like Game of Thrones where episode nine was truly the peak of each season. And it seemed like they did it on purpose where this season, I wouldn't necessarily say that I would say 10 is equally as climactic as nine was. So it didn't feel like Game of Thrones in that way. But in terms of just like the different point of views we got here, um, it did feel weird, but I was happy because just like it's going to be so good on a rewatch. And then when we go right into the beginning of season two, it's just going to be all out war. So it's just like fucking everything's going to be crazy and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited, man. Season two can't come soon enough. Just watching House of the Dragon reminded me how much I loved and miss Game of Thrones. And it, it really kind of knocks you in the knocks you in the head be, when you're thinking about it compared to what's been coming out recently. And I don't want to disrespect anything especially shows we cover on the pod that we do enjoy you know like even wheel of time the witcher or something like that but it's just house of the dragon old game of thrones the production the character everything just seems like it's on another level and mm -hmm. it's just been it, it, it's been a joy and i'm glad that i was able to jump on and it was 
really fun to watch with all seven of us. We haven't done that in a while. And we need to try to do that more often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We nailed it, though, that this was totally the CGI budget was like had to be 90 percent for this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of dragons this episode. And I, I guess going off of Jimmy's point of we all watching it together and it was cool. We actually had everyone do a little bit of a mini death pool. And I think it's just funny to look at it now looking back. Um, so Lini stuck true to herself. And said Otto was going to die. <laughs> I, love, I love where your heart and head are at there. Uh, Dave, producer Dave, said Aegon the Younger. So he was obviously a little drunk. Um, <laughs> and then we had Paul, Luke, and uh, Brian B. Toms all said Jace. So your your heads were in the right place there. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy, who I'm suspicious of because he does this often, I feel like he cheated. And he said Luke. Little Luke was going to go. I, so in my defense, I said Jace. And then I said, wait a second, who's the who's the one that is taking drift mark? And I was just going by who's more expendable and but also a big deal. Um, and it, it, listen, I understand where you're saying what you're saying, because I am pretty active on our Benstown TV Twitter. And I was saying while we were all hanging out that I really haven't been spoiled on much. And you were actually saying how this is probably the worst show in a long time where people were just throwing spoilers left and right so i'm not sure how i haven't gotten anything if you want to if you want to say i'm fraudulent go ahead dude. nah come on i'm just playing <laughs> with you. but I, I saw so much stuff leading into this week about um yeah about whole the whole thing at storm's end which we'll talk about even um like two episodes ago when when uh when our boy lord beesbury died everyone kind of i was seeing a ton of tweets of like r.i.p beesbury on like tuesday like tuesday after the episode before he died. So it was still, you know, six plus days until we got the episode. And everyone right, was right, like, right. why are you saying this? Like, there, we still have so much time until the episode. And it's kind of been consistently like that, which, I mean, I don't know. I guess there's pros and cons to people being super active on social media and it gets the show hype and things like that. But yeah, it felt like this was probably one of the worst experiences I've had, just in terms of how spoorly people have been. Right, so, right. Yeah, Avoid enough it. about... Yeah, wax comments at all. Spoilers. We'll get into this actual episode. Kathleen um, decided to text our group and say she's spoiling herself. That's going to read the book. I said she's I was going to read, the, read book. the book, yeah. so no one can spoil it for me. I'll spoil it for myself. I'd rather hear from the man himself, George R. R. Martin, than some <laughs> whack ass Twitter person. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, Jesus, it's we have what like a year and a half at least until season two. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you almost got to stay on guard until then. Even my TikTok, and I know this is like, I've seen Game of Thrones, but I obviously don't remember what Joffrey says, but there's oh, a scene I... where he straight up says who Rhaenyra, well, I won't even say it, but he no. literally, the, the, I didn't see it. It's only the first two words, but he's like, Rhaenyra Targaryen. And it, like, oh no, because guess what? Don't go on Benchtown TV's TikTok or YouTube <laughs> shorts channel because I posted that probably a few times. Yeah, there's also another, shit. another scene where Stannis <laughs> is talking to his daughter and she's reading the dance of dragons and they, it's not actually a huge spoiler. It's kind of just like the, she just basically gives a background of what fire and blood is almost, you know, she doesn't really give any major spoilers, but I posted that one as well. So I guess technically knowing that from thrones that's my spoiler but i don't i don't want to say anything else because it's not yeah, like they, they say names or anything besides kathleen you said she says renair but that's it or he, joffrey says renair but that's it jimmy's yeah. selling out for views and clout <laughs> oh, i'm selling out for those youtube shorts dude <laughs> all right so back to this episode we get so we start off with luceris which immediate red flag he has Lukey. not been i mean he has the 
the air of Driftmark episode where he's a bit of a bigger player, but this was kind of obviously a red flag. He's in the main chamber of Dragonstone looking specifically at Driftmark. He kind of like touches it, rubs it longingly. And then Mama Rhaenyra comes him and kind of gives him the pep talk that he needed. And this was like just a, this was a, this was a nice little scene here. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want Driftmark. And guess what? He's not going to get it. He's not yeah. going to get it. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it is funny how he says, like, I, I get seasick on boats. Like, I can't do this, man. Like, I'm freaking out. <laughs> so he's, he mentions his grandsire, and I think he says he's the best navigator. Is he talking about Corliss there? And he's still yeah, leaning into the... Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought, which is kind of crazy, because he's the only one that isn't facing reality besides Rhaenyra, who is, she's aware more, I guess. But it's, it's just, you know, Jay seems to lean more into the idea that he's a strong, like he knows it in his heart. Yeah. Well, I think that he would still see Corliss as his granddad. I mean, even if even if you're not technically his blood, he was still raised as your grandmother, Rainice and your grandsire, Corliss. You know, like you have mm-hmm. blood through Rainy. You have um, Baratheon blood through Rainice or whatever the hell she says later. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Technically, yeah. he does because Rainice is cousins He's, with Viserys right, and right. whatever. But luckily, also, they're all just incest. So it works out. That yeah. statement. He's been a bit insulated from the rumors as well. He was young enough while they were in King's Landing, and then they moved to Dragonstone. We do get the whole funeral thing where he gets called strong and bastard or whatever. But that was – he was also fairly young at that point. So he's grown up for years at this point being – like no one really talks about it around him anymore. Right, right, right. And like you said, I was actually just going to say the same thing. There are scenes specifically where – Jace might be a little bit privy, but Renera is, is definitely, and people are given looks when it's with Lucerus because he's young enough where it's just blown right over his head. And I'm pretty sure there's even a line out of his mouth where he's like, what are they talking about? Like, why are they saying that? Mm-hmm. You know, before yeah. now he is old enough now where, yeah, you should, you should get it. But yeah. still, oh, he man, he's a, he's a what? sweet little boy. And I just like the little bit of exchange we get here. Obviously, they're setting us up at this point now that we know what happens at the end of it. But I just like how he says, I'm not like you. She says, in what way? And he says, I'm not so perfect. And it's just she kind of laughs almost because we've seen her grow up too. Like we've seen the way that she acted. And it's obviously she's matured and she's grown and she's become now this Queen Rhaenyra. And it's just it kind of made me chuckle and almost like think fondly back on the early episodes where we see young rowdy Rhaenyra too. So I thought that was nice. I kind of if they were going for that. It definitely worked for me. This little nice moment gets interrupted by uh, we get Sir Laurent comes in and informs her that Rainey's has arrived and wants an audience with her and Damon. So obviously we want to take this scene on its own as well. I know Luke was really, really loving this scene when we yeah. watched. So mm-hmm. this is just essentially Rhaenyra and Damon find out all the happenings that happened in King's Landing last episode. Yeah, this was just a cleanup of a bunch of people's complaints and the reasoning stands that Rainey was not about to start this war and and create the first death, um, even though in hindsight, like it looks even better now because it probably would have saved Luke's life. Uh, but I did like that they addressed it all and like the writers. This is the quality of the House of the Dragon. Like they don't miss out on opportunities to make everything sound front to back and going off the back of George's book. Like it just this was a great scene. Like Rainey's killed it here. She told him everything, and then um, you know. Yeah, I don't really have much to add there besides she's the best and I still love her. When Rainey shows up and obviously Luke is thinking like, oh, fuck, Corliss yeah, is dead. Yeah. <laughs> now I have Driftmark. It's yep. so funny. So worried and anxious this entire episode. And Rhaenyra is such a good mom in this episode. They really tee you up to make this a dramatic death. And he's just so sweet. 
and fuck me up. They they nailed it. I thought this was like on my rewatch. Mm-hmm. I was like hurting by the end of it. Um, but again, Rhaenyra with the contractions once she hears oh, like yeah. Aegon, they they crowned Aegon in in the crowd in the town or whatever in front of the masses, and she's like immediately contractions starts another miscarriage, another brutal brutal scene mm-hmm, for Emma, mm-hmm. and they crushed it again, but in the most like. Damn, two of these. Yeah. And this one, this fourth one's birth scene, or is this a fourth yeah. with Lane with? Uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Emma to, oh yeah. yeah, it's it's been a lot, and I mean, I think they've been going for it. They really told us, I guess, episode one. Yeah, they were going to. Yeah, when Emma says, "Like, hey, girl, this is our battlefield. This is how we do it." I, this one was in. This one was wild. This I wasn't was expecting the, that. Yeah, almost on the level of the episode one one where. It, it was, I really remember um, when, it's not even like her water breaks, but like, I guess like the final like push and like all of that liquid, hey, I get a flashback to health class in high school. Just yeah. Not never realizing there's so much liquid. Yeah. <laughs> and then B, I love Dave was like, oh, Dave's reaction <laughs> was perfect when it all came out. Mm. I saw two tweets, one being like, as a, as a new first time mother about to give birth, I really fucking hate this show. Yeah, I can imagine. And yeah, two, that's bad. when Damon is like that whore of a queen, like stole, c- killed my brother and stole the throne. And people were like, Viserys didn't have a- half of his face. Half of his yeah. body is literally dead. And you thought somebody murdered. Him? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he says it a few times. He's like, my brother was slain. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I mean, the other thing is Renera's response. I get it. I mean, all I got to say is at the same time, I'm thinking, of course, as soon as Viserys dies, they're making moves. You're a Dragonstone. And, and for a while, they did say you need to stay in King's Landing because you need to keep you need to keep face. Make sure everyone knows that if anything happens, mm-hmm. you're here and shit's not going to hit the fan. And, you know, you can battle it out if you have to with the greens to make sure you actually succeed like you're supposed to. But then when shit started getting really bad for them, the rumors were getting bad. Strong was sent and then died. You know, when he was sent to Hall, when stuff got started getting really bad and she went off to Dragonstone, she should have expected this. Yeah. And I get it. You know, it's not only is your dad dying, but, you know, you know, whether it's real or not to us because of the books, you know, that prophecy, you know, is screwed up. You know, you know, you're supposed to be the one to take the throne. There's all this stuff going on that's causing her emotional anguish. And then, of course, the contract, the contractions. But it was. At first, a little surprising on the first watch, or I was a little bit surprised at like how like shocked she seemed when she was like, they took the throne and they seceded him and they, they had a coronation in front of the masses. It's like, well, what else yeah. do you think they're going to do? Well, yeah. granted, the last interaction they show us is the two of them being on good terms yeah. and saying like, hey, well, yeah, back, I like, guess take, you know, take yeah. a week, take a vacation here in King's Landing. We would love to have you. So I, I really think that. OK, yeah, that's true. That's true. yeah, that she didn't think that Allison specifically would do that that to her yeah yeah for sure okay and also a piece of it has to be that maybe at the time they were thinking like damon like they have the 12 nukes or whatever it is seven nukes to their three like this is just overwhelming military strength where up until the part where she tries to be peaceful i was thinking like damon like this is over tonight if you want it like just even if they have all three dragons ready to fight including vagar the biggest one 
you win. So that's Damon. I'm going to bring up so many times this episode because Damon's military, like they, them highlighting his military strength and like his strategic mind was so awesome because the second Rainey's gives him this news, he instantly just turns and he's like, all right, yeah. so get the dragon keepers ready. Cause they can fight. Now I got to think about the city watch. Like all of that was so amazing. And then he's like, but why are we even worried about this? we got fucking 12 dragons, whatever it is. And we're right. going to talk about that too, because I couldn't, make the numbers work with what Damon was saying, unless you're counting like the wilds and stuff. But well, he uh, says that he counts the wild ones. He says there are, when he says his numbers, he says there's wild ones on Dragonstone. Right. But I still couldn't get it to work. Uh, but we'll but talk you're that saying out. the total number you can't get yeah. to. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We'll talk that out soon though. Yeah. We got a little bit of things to talk about before we get there. I would say, I would mm-hmm. say, obviously I don't think we really want to discuss in a ton of detail, the miscarriage uh, while we were watching, there were questions about anything about this baby that is known. The only thing that we know is that it was going, it was going to be a daughter and her name was mm-hmm. going to be, her name was going to be Visenya, which I mean, it doesn't happen obviously in the books, the scene where with Viserys and Emma, when Emma's in the bath and he says like, we have our own Visenya here with Rhaenyra basically. But I think that that was kind of, they don't even mention Visenya's name in this episode for it. So I, I guess they're kind of just going to let it lie like that. That was just I mean, to answer a binge town question right there. I, right, I'm not right. sure if anyone out there ever had that question, but I mean, there's still time too for them to bring it up in the very beginning of season two because okay. really everything just happened. Yeah, and I, mean, I could easily see them like taking stock and being like, they took Luceris, they took right. Senya, you know, yep, yep, something yep. like that. It might literally happen that way, and like Luke yeah. said, they, they literally have a knack of the next episode of answering questions or, you know, solidifying or smoothing something out from the previous episode. It's just, we might have to wait mm-hmm. two years this time instead of one week, which is <laughs> yeah. bullshit. But the next thing oh. I want to talk about is just Damon in general, when he kind of is taking over a little bit while Rhaenyra is obviously <laughs> preoccupied here. And it's just the the kind of the dynamic that we see between Damon and Jace here, if there's any comments on that. And then the scene with Damon and Jace and Caraxes kind of confronting the King's Guard members and making them reaffirm their vows and become basically Queen's Guard members. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Damon doing strategy with Rhaenyra screaming in the background. Yeah. Is just perfect TV. I mean, mm-hmm. I, well, first of all, <laughs> the Dragonstone is just all open window. Type yeah. Fucking like holes within a cave type thing. It's literally like built of, into like, a mountain-ish kind of thing. She's literally screaming Damon's name at one point, and he's just like, anyway, we need to. <laughs> it's good, but it's, I mean, it it was so well done, and it just made me think of, like, your leader, your queen, is giving birth and is absolutely, completely, like, she can't do anything right now. And that's, like, a thing I feel when people think about women being leaders, and it's like Rainier is out of commission right now because mm-hmm. because she's a woman. And it just like made me think like, God, it's so fucking annoying that all this happens and she has to be out of commission right now because we'll get to it. But later in the episode, when Rainice is like, she's the only one keeping her head and not absolutely sending all the nukes in right now. It made me be like, wow, if if given the chance, I'm not sure if she will. Obviously, Rainier really would be a great queen. She's got a level head. She knows that, like she says, she, I don't want to rule over Ash. What the mm-hmm. fuck? I don't want everyone dead. She what needs to I talk ruling? to Daenerys, man. I know, right? I thought the same thing. But whoa, whoa, whoa! Drogon could have went rogue, man. 
we now, learned well, something now, about these dragons this episode. She didn't. No, she, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm not is... kidding, but you did see that the Targaryen apologists were all about Drogon could have, uh, or maybe Daenerys apologists could have, were saying that Drogon could have went rogue and she didn't actually want to do it. Yeah, this is some ammo for that, for sure. Yeah, but I would say the more. All you do is hatred her in her face. eyes, yeah, yeah. and like, <laughs> and the feeling of satisfaction afterwards. I think it's yeah. a little different than uh, than Eamon kind of questioning his own existence. Yeah, but are Great. you open the floor up for the the lesson that Damon teaches? Right, we're talking yeah. about yeah. that too, yeah. and, and the King's Card stuff. I'm just, that because I don't know what it is about Caraxes, but he just gets me, bro. That guy's yeah. on the screen. I'm just. I'm more hype about Caraxes than even Vagar. And I thought Vagar was it, even if Vagar is the best scene of the season when Eamon tames him. Mm-hmm. Caraxes just gets her. me going. Like he just, her, sorry. And Caraxes is a boy, though, right? Caraxes, yes. Yeah, Caraxes, a boy. Just, <laughs> yeah. He's a good boy. Feels He's a long exactly, boy. Shut the fuck up. Caraxes just feels <laughs> like Damon's dragon. Like you could just, the way he yeah. moves. Like all of the dragons look a little evil with like their smirks and stuff, but you could just feel that when looking at Caraxes and how yeah. he moves his neck down to like yep. threaten them. When Damon says, "You, if you say you're for Rhaenyra and you're not, you're gonna die screaming." Basically, it's just right. the, the scene was just the tension was palpable. It was amazing, and Caraxes is is awesome. So I love that whole thing. And Kyle, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read when I was looking up some Damon stuff prior to the show coming out that. He is one of the only ones, and it's not shown like this on the show, but he's one of the only ones that will ride dragons without the saddle. That's what I read, at least. Like, he he can really? ride. He, I guess Daenerys was doing that technically with Drogon, but I was reading that um, Damon back in the day was known as one of the only dragon riders that doesn't use the saddle. But that Daenerys' is thing is there were no saddles that. around. Like, there wouldn't have yeah. been. Cause, right, because no, they wouldn't have dragon them. 100 yeah. years, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that's not a fun fact that I would know off the top of my head. But if you okay. read it, I'm sure it's I'm pretty sure I did read right. that. And that's because mm-hmm. for whatever reason of me reading it, it stuck in my head. And then I kept looking for it in the show. And they just made him be like everyone else, which is obviously fine. It's not a big deal at all. But it was just something I kept looking for. Yeah, so we get – I'm just – I guess – throw their names out there we do get it's a sir laurent marbrand and sir stephan darklin are the two uh kingsguard knights i want to say i believe that marbrand marbrand is the guy the bald guy who does a lot of the kind of like announcing stuff and then right. sir stephan darklin is kind of the older guy um okay. with like the the shortcut haircut the darklins are just kind of like somewhat of a famous house i want to say that i read that they have had seven Kingsguard members throughout their history, which is kind Damn. of insane that one house could produce. You would think that maybe that they their history, their house would house name would die then since they can't father any children. That is a great point. <laughs> so yeah, I guess just to just to put a name to those faces, classic Game of Thrones. So if there's a lot of characters, it's very hard to remember who they are. So we'll probably, I guess, try to reaffirm that in the future. All right. So moving on from all of that stuff. Oh, and also, the last comment I'll make on the this kind of group of scenes in the miscarriage is that this was a perfect f bomb. We've we've criticized yeah. f bombs before. Yeah. We've hyped up f bombs. This was a perfect. I, this Agreed. was the best one of the season. Agreed. The one where it's fucking Harris happening. Walk in. Yeah, <laughs> it is yeah. fucking happening. Oh, and that one. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. this was two great f bombs. Yeah. There was a yeah, few. Which one were you talking yeah. about? Which one was when the she great just one? goes fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And right as the kids walk in. Yeah. Let me let me just really quick rewind for you guys. I just wanted to ask a question. So 
not Kyle, obviously, but Kathleen and Luke, when they say the baby's coming and they do say out loud that it's premature and they're also saying, you know, help, let us help you, let us help you. Were you expecting a miscarriage or were you expecting a baby to come just premature? I was expect she's not I we've seen her very pregnant. I think they blatantly mm-hmm. showed it like she was not pre- as pregnant as she was before. Although right. I will say not to get into semantics or whatever, it fe- felt like a very fully formed baby. That That's foot what I'm was saying. like a legit yeah, well, foot. Yeah. I feel like it was maybe a little misstep on their part on like how how formed that baby was. But watching her birth it, even the 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 midwife people were like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, by, like, the even they were like, by, yeah, by the time she was standing in the corner doing the thing herself, I figured, OK, this is going to be good. But like the moment she has the contractions, when she first goes into the room and then they're talking to Damon, I was like, OK, maybe I again. There's a lot of middle stuff that I don't know. So I didn't know that there was going to be a baby born or miscarriage, whatever it was. So I was expecting just the baby to be born and she was going to be like out of commission with the baby for a second. Yeah. I mean, just to wrap it up, I mean, literally, that is so devastating. Our girl Rainier has been through so much this season. I mean, it's been, what, 20 some years and we've seen her go through a lot. And this is absolutely fucking brutal. We've seen how good of a mom she is. She loses two kids this episode. She hand wraps the baby herself for the funeral. It is so fucked up and sad. And I mean, Rhaenyra crushes it as a character. She's such good acting. Yeah. Yeah. A plus from Emma. How do we feel about the way that Damon grieved by not going to her? Is that more him letting her have her space or was that him not being empathetic? When he just walks in, sees her crying, and then just walks out without saying anything. I think it's how he does it. It's classic Damien. He's okay. so yeah. he He's has so a moment. Interesting. He has a moment on the beach that's mm-hmm. like him himself, like breaking down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. It's He's a very, away. very quick scene, though. I mean, again, they've they almost tried to sneak it past us. It felt like right, right. I feel like the scene of them looking down at the baby before they cremate the baby is supposed to be another scene of them two together. I mean, Rhaenyra doesn't ever look at Damon, but Damon looks at her and they're standing there. I feel like if if it was like Lena, he wouldn't even have showed up. (laughs) You know what I mean? He would have just not even really cared. He would have been like giggling like he was at Lena's funeral. They had fun. Okay, well, he had a reason for that. I know, but still. He had a reason for that. Well, yeah, Damon is just so interesting he really is like i had no idea this episode as it's going on what he was gonna do you know at first at any moment i was like is he gonna not be on air side like i was super i wasn't i'm not gonna say super surprised but i was i was like on the edge of my seat thinking it you know what is he gonna do and then he puts the crown on her head like every moment i was like, like the jace thing was a little like was well, he the, gonna yeah like the J- yeah. Uh, even the part like kathleen to what you're saying She's having this baby. She's screaming and he's giving his his, you know, whatever his battle orders. And she's saying, you're not going to do anything until I give you the orders or till I give the OK. And he's just doing whatever he wants. And then yeah. he even says, like, personally, I'm going to take her actions and go to this place. And obviously, that's probably flashbacks to Renera from her ex-husband who wanted to sandbag her and, and go on his ship and disappear when shit was getting bad for them. Um, you know, before they went to Dragonstone and and then 
you know, the Jace thing where Jace is coming in saying mom says this and he just straight up ignores him. And I was wondering how he was going to react. And it just I guess it was the nicest way possible of ignoring him and then just be like, you want to see loyalty and like kind of takes him out of the room. But he basically yeah. did say like, yeah, little boy, get the hell out of here. Let me let me give the orders. I just didn't know. Like I was like, is he just going to take over this whole situation even over Rhaenyra? But he didn't. And I mean, it's just he's, he's just super interesting. <laughs> the next scene kind of disproves that when when Sir Eric comes and so this, right. this, amazing. this amazing coronation scene, this impromptu coronation we get for Rhaenyra is like so moving and powerful. And Damon, they get that shot that direction of of the the cameras underneath the crown and it looks like straight up to Damon and then he gives it to Ray Neals and he says my queen what did you guys think about Rainice being the only one not kneeling because she was truly like Corliss will decide whether or not we're kneeling to you or not because she's the only one of that entire mm-hmm. place that didn't kneel I and I didn't catch that until the second watch I think it was Basically that it just stemmed from the fact that earlier in this episode, we found out Corliss's fever broke, which was not expected, but it did. So he was going to heal up and actually be a person still. So I think it was all just about letting him decide and her just kind of remaining neutral, even though she is very loyal to her house. I I felt the same way when I took my notes the second time watching. I was like, why is she the only one that didn't kneel? But I guess he was just going to let Corliss do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's very in character, I feel like. She's such a bad bitch. I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, she's not great. doing anything mm-hmm. she doesn't want to do. She's mm-hmm. the best. That's kind of everything from the funeral, unless anyone has anything else, because obviously the R- war council is a little bit of a funner. Remind me which Eric is on this side, A or E? E. This is E. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So number two in the alphabet, number one in your heart. <laughs> gotcha. That's how I was, I'll forever I was remember <laughs> Whether this is naive of me or not, I was surprised he showed up with Viserys's crown for her. I just thought it was going to be, you know, hey, Rhaenys, tell him about how I, I got you out of King's Landing and vouch <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting that, and this is obviously just very quick comment in that they kind of changed this around. So in the books, Eric is already on Dragonstone and Sir Stephen Darklin is the one who brings the crown. Okay. Okay. And I think that they wanted to lean in a little bit into like the like they wanted to have more of that, like the twin brothers on opposite sides. So they have so Eric. epic. Yeah, they Luke, have Eric it, bring the crown. Luke, was it you that said we're going to have a mountain versus the hound situation with them? Yeah, I'm really, really hoping that they make it to the last season, because if we can continuously build this up, maybe give them a quick clash in like season two or three and then make it like an epic fight. It can How? be it can hit as hard as as the mountain versus the hound back in the day. And I know like. I know some identical twins and eventually you can figure it out. I mean, there are it's, it's rare where it's they're so identical or even if you know them for a long time, you can't figure it out. But I would honestly, if I was Renera, I'd be like, oh, my God, are you the one? Are you yeah. OK? Are you are you team green? Are you team black? Like, help well, me out here, man. They wouldn't really it wouldn't even matter to them at that point. Like, they don't care whether he's Eric or Eric. They just care that he no, has no, the I crown mean, like, and re-squares one, the one's on your oh, side, yeah, yeah, you know, the enough. other one's on the other side. And you're yeah, just like, enough. whoa. How do you trust totally. one of them? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How do you trust that it's the right one that's actually Team Green or Team Black? Maybe they don't. Yep. Just give me that. Crown. Maybe they don't. Okay. So moving now into the War Council. So we get the the actual first action as Rhaenyra as queen. Uh, I just the scene of the little bit of slow motion where she's flanked by all the soldiers and she looks fucking awesome as queen with Viserys' crown. She rolls in and we also get the painted table. And it lights up 
from underneath, which is fucking awesome. This that was, was a collective shot. applause. I was yeah. just about to say, I feel like that got a big applause from our crowd. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. And there's also been some funny stuff on the internet of like how Stannis and Daenerys yeah. and had literally no idea. And then people taking it a step further of like, you know, it's meta. It makes sense that all of the Targaryen lore got lost because there's none of them left and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, OK, I guess that. And people are rightly saying that that should have been the intro instead of whatever we got as like the the intro scene into the show because if we could have made it that cool like fire map like it would have been better oh i think the the episode i was like that seems like jumping the gun a little bit but yes no sorry that's a fair intro into episodes yeah maybe it will be for season two maybe they'll be like wow people loved it so much that we're going to change the opening intro um so i just we get this amazing daemon announcing her she's queen rhaenyra targaryen the first of her name queen of the andals and the rhinar and the first men lady of the seven kingdoms and protector of the realm. So everyone, again, everyone bows except for Rhaenys. She's staying in character. Uh, and then we kind of just get to chatting about where we're at. What are I? It's just the extension almost of the other Damon scene, but now Rhaenyra is kind of taking control and they're all reporting to her. So um, I have some, I guess some little lore things, but that can kind of come at the end. It's just whatever we want to talk about. Quick question. So which Bela or Reyna is with Luke. Bela. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Reyna. Reyna. And, and Reyna has the dragon or no? Reyna does not Bela. have the dragon. Bela has Moondancer. Okay, so Reyna now doesn't have Luke or a dragon, correct? Correct, yes. So, and both uh, of them from her. She needs to go get Lainor's dragon right the fuck now. She needs to get back to Driftmark and get Lainor's dragon like immediately. And that's my call. Just because when they talk about the dragons that are still that loose... Down. Wait, are you talking about Vagar? No, Lane no, Lors. That was Lena's dragon. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you said Lena. Okay, sorry. Yeah, because now Sea Smoke is also unclaimed. And I was like, okay, we got to, I mean, go get your fucking uncles, whatever. You know what I mean? Go get the goddamn dragon. That should be number one. They should have done that like a thousand years ago. But this sounds so fucking stupid because this is literally called House of the Dragon and it's the Dance of the Dragons and shit like that. Dragons aren't real. This one really made me go, wow, dragons are fucking important. I totally understand <laughs> Otto's face when he finds out that Aemon got Vagar and is yeah. like, shit, like, hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> like that is such a move because this matters. The shots with Vagar over Arix Woo! is the coolest shot of the entire fucking show to me. I'm like, that is like so fucking sick. And it's all CGI. <laughs> and it's visuals. Oh, my goodness. Let's so just awesome. do this now, then, because I totally agree with you, Kathleen. Like, it's dragons are such a backdrop of Game of Thrones that for years, anybody that didn't watch Game of Thrones was like, oh, is that the dragon show? But this is the first time we're using them when we're counting military strength and counting troops. Like, right, this is right, right. incredible. Like, it's, and of course, it's got to be led by Damon, which is what I was kind of going on that rant earlier, why he's so confident and cocky saying we can end this tonight. But so the count that I have that he, he just goes in and names them. And pff, I'm sorry about the pronunciations here. Maybe Kyle, do you, do you have I more have written down? Yeah, you rather just, just do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah rip so we have Cyrax who is Rhaenyra's Caraxes is Damon. Melis is Rhaenys. And again, she gives him a look like bitch. You already count me. I didn't say right. Shit. Right. <laughs> um, and then Vermax is going to be Jace's dragon. Arax is going to be Luke's dragon. Tyraxis. Is going to be Joffrey. So, a little Joffrey's dragon is Tyraxis. It's so funny. It sounds like such a little kid, like a T Rex. It's I, that's why. Yeah, I like right, it. right. A little dinosaur. Um, yeah. And then Bela rides Moondancer. 
So that mm-hmm. is seven that have legitimate riders. And then there's six unclaimed dragons. So Sea Smoke does not have a rider at this point. Vermithor is the one that he names. It used to be ridden by King Jaharis, who's the old king we saw in the opening of the entire season. And, then and that's s- the one he sings to, right? That is the one he sings to, correct. And then okay. Silverwing. And then he also says mm-hmm. that there are three more wild dragons on Dragonstone. They don't so have names of- or anything. They're just there. So all of the ones with names ha- were claimed by someone, but aren't anymore. And then the wild dragons were born, but and are hatched, but never claimed. Correct. And then he said okay. he has some eggs still. Yeah. Yes. And he has some eggs incubated, which we saw him get. I don't remember. Exactly right. Two episodes ago. Right. Yeah. Right. Two episodes, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I wanted to bring up because that is so fucking cool that he he's the way he said it. I wish I wrote down wrote down exactly what he says, but he's basically just like facilitating the hatching of these exits in some level. And this got me thinking back to just I'm hoping like the reason he has some of this knowledge or just the way he's leaning so into the dragons kind of reflects on that scene when he's back in Brav. Robus Pentos was he when he was in Essos and he was doing all the readings and stuff. It kind of makes that scene hit a little better because like this is what he was prepping for and kind of like being aware of all this stuff. So I love that it's Damon that's like actually like setting the foundation for future dragons and generations of them, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, But we might as well also mention the the three greens here, Sunfire, Vagar and Dreamfire, right? That's the only three they have. Yes. But he says they say they have three. I thought it was 13 to 4, but now that you're saying that, that's got to be right. Because I can't think of a single Aegon. other. Aemon to Aegon. And, and Helena. Yeah. And Helena. But see, that's the thing. We've talked about this before. They, there's, a fourth, they have kids. there's a fourth kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I yeah. Well. His name is Daron, and Daron has a dragon, so I don't know. Well, there if, you go. That's, that's, that's got to well, be four. Did they say three or four, though? The, I wrote down 13 the, to 4. Okay. So, okay. I could have um producers of house of the dragon said that they are going to bring the fourth kid in that he just isn't shown up george r. r martin said it too he's in um he's in old town where's right allison from again old town yeah, yeah. he's from old mm-hmm. he's yeah. in old town right now so maybe they're just counting his that might be like literally like the littlest tiniest smallest easter egg like hey we didn't forget about him here's the little yeah count. And if you actually I still think, think about they it they should have done a yes. better job there's no yeah. reason to make that like a hidden easter egg at all just say it yeah i don't know so, oh yeah it. here's our fourth son it, it it is funny and it this is past due like doesn't need to be talked too much about but back when you know viserys was alive it is funny how you're literally seeing aegon aemon uh helena and you're like those are his kids but you don't i don't i was hardly thinking of it that way because i'm thinking Renera is like and, and they just seem because of the, all the incest and all that stuff it just seems like they're his like grandkids or some nephews and nieces or something when they're just they're direct children to him mm-hmm. and i, I agree with I, that. It, it took me a little bit to see that um kyle a question for you and i don't know again if there's an answer but i don't even know if there's an answer in lore yet like answered by george r martin but you know how you know the dad the dragons died out and game of thrones are saying how they got smaller and smaller and smaller like is that happening right now already you know because we have the two no. oldest are the two biggest right yeah i would say that's not currently happening no okay so they're just they just so happen to be smaller the the young like vagar is supposed to be the oldest and he's the biggest but it just so happens that the other dragons are smaller it's just not really a thing yeah i mean they're just the dragons are pretty much Every dragon is as old as their rider almost at this point. Yeah. Or younger, technically. Right. Okay. Okay. So so basically what yeah. I'm saying is a younger one can get huge at some point. Oh, yeah. Eventually. Yeah, right. 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 Yeah, for sure. Like Vermithor is the second oldest dragon, I'm pretty sure. And Vermithor is also the second largest dragon. Well, that's what. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was getting at. I just didn't know if it meant like 
in general as the ages are going on it the, no. they're capping how big they'll get based on how everything's been going in history or if it's just they're younger yeah no it's also um so the the dragon pit is something that they built and dragons are like and i might be mistaking the animal but i think it's sharks or turtles too turtles right? loose turtle yeah, yeah they grow bigger with the cage yeah. to the size of their enclosure basically mm. yeah so that's why also the dragon pit is a thing that was built so like balerian was balerian didn't fucking hang out in the dragon pit Vegar didn't hang out in the dragon pit right 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 so or, I mean, Vagar might have. I might be mixing it up. But Balerian definitely did not hang out in the dragon pit. I mean, that motherfucker was way too big for it. So it's also the fact of they've been living. Like, they make right. layers for themselves. And kind and that's, of... That's crazy. Layer, to layer, I'm sure, as well. Uh, we'll get to it. But it is crazy how Vermithor just decided, like, hey, I'm going to hide in this cave after my rider died. I mean, I, I would be like, if I'm a dragon, man, I'd just be living the... Like, basically Drogon. Like, I'm just going, doing my yeah. thing. Well, Vermithor, I'm sure, does that. I'm sure they gets out and flies. Yeah. I'm There's also like, they, like the fact that they know about the three other wild dragons means that they don't just hang out in caves. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I, I guess continue with the dragon talk too. it. Damon mentions that the, the eggs are incubating in dragon mount. Just a little, obviously not a Wheel of Time reference, but obviously yeah, a big part yeah, of the Wheel yeah. of Time is dragon mount. Dragon mount is right. just the volcano that... Create basically created the island of Dragonstone. Okay, I've cool. I've like called that. Dragonstone Dragon Mount because I've been yes, yes. I'm doing Wheel of Time right now. <laughs> right, right, right. Listening <laughs> yeah. to this, like yeah. it's, it's fucking with me so badly. So I just want to talk about um so beyond the dragons, we'll talk about some some real people, things that are real because dragons aren't real. Um, <laughs> the, here first, yeah, Maester. I believe it's it's either Gerardus or Gerardus is. Rhaenyra's maester that she has with him. He kind of just lists off some names. We get Celtigar, Staunton, Massey, Darklin, and Bar Emin are the houses that have currently declared for Rhaenyra. We really don't know those houses, so obviously it's they're kind of not that big of houses. Celtigar, though, is an old Valyrian house, though. The third Valyrian house that made it out of old Valyria. They've always just kind of been riders for the Targaryens, kind of similar to the Valerians. Um but then they do bring up some big dogs. So we get we get we talk about River Run. We get mm-hmm. Grover Tully. So the Tullys, who's, who's Catelyn's family, they will end up playing a role in this. The Tullys actually have a great role to play in this entire okay. story. Okay. Um, we get again. We get reminded that Rhaenyra's mom is an Aaron. They mention the Starks and the Baratheons. I got my Stark flag flying for this reason. I'm just going to say the quote of there has never there has never lived a Stark who forgot an oath. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. And then Hell we also yeah. get, um, kind of just talking about the Baratheons in general, and maybe they're proud, they need to remember the oath and things like that. Um, I just thought it was, this scene was like such a fucking lore, like nerd dump. It was great because we get all the houses, we get all the dragon names. So this was one of my, definitely my favorite scenes of the episode. Yeah, that was really cool. And and just really quick, what did you guys think about how Renera once she actually walks into this room, she looked nervous. She looked uncomfortable. Um, how did you guys read that? When, when, you know, did you expect her to just like walk in right? Like she was going to run shit. Was that like what you were, were expecting where she just came in? She felt a little uncomfortable. Seemed like, you know, all right, here it is. It's time. You know, what, what did you think, Kathleen? I know you're getting ready to say something. My hot take comes in the next scene. So I'll hold on that. But for Rhaenyra, because she like takes a step and the four guys behind her take up and then they like walk back because she's right. like lay off. 
it was like it was clumsy in the beginning, but she gets her footing. She oh, gets yeah, she does. She so does. I, yeah. I didn't overthink it. I think that was her first scene as queen where she had to run shit. So she was a little uneasy at first and then just dove into it. But I, I think um, so much is up in the air right now. And I think something she says later, she's like, before I absolutely nuke everyone in this place, let me figure out who my allies are first. And then right, we'll, go, and right, then we'll right. go. And I think that's so sound. And I think Rhaenyra was the only person acting with like, I mean, she's not a man, right? Like even Cordless is like, you do not wish to act? The fuck? She's like, <laughs> yeah. relax. I got this. So she's been trained. It was like yeah. a little bit case of uh, imposter syndrome just for a second. Then she kind of got yeah. like Kathleen Shane. She got her stride. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's silence right there when she's feeling uncomfortable. Kyle, you're on mute. Um, <laughs> she feel very, it, just, it makes her feel very human. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that silence. I was like, say something. Say something. <laughs> Luke called her perfect. Not you, Luke. Luke from the from in, within the show calls her perfect. <laughs> and then she has like a little bit of a clumsiness later. It's just kind of. Showing that she's not right. 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 Like- mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, so I guess Kathleen's going to tease us with a hot take. So we might as well move on to uh, meeting <laughs> on the bridge part two, electric boogaloo. So we get <laughs> pretty much I'm nervous about her hot take now. Yeah. Episode- right? What are you going to say about this scene? Luke, remind me of the episode is the two or three because you love this scene, the original. I think three. it was three because I was, yeah. I wrote, I I was writing that in the notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The scene where she okay. comes in and saves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we have pretty much the exact setup. Otto marches mm-hmm. up. Damon marches up to meet him with some people behind him. And then Rhaenyra lands behind Otto's squad on Cyrax. Obviously, we've grown up a little bit and the meeting behind this meeting has changed. uh, So it doesn't quite go the way that it went the first time. So (laughs) my hot take in this incredible scene, by the way, and I ride for Rhaenyra this entire episode to the death. But my hot take is that it's kind of embarrassing to be her right now. Wearing the crown while whilst Aegon is already the king in King's Landing, where there is all the people she needs to rule. And she is on Dragonstone with about like 50 people tops being like, I'm the queen. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> that's a little embarrassing, girl. Well, just like- <laughs> think about just think about Game of Thrones. I mean, Daenerys. Yeah, totally. No, no. Well, yeah, but oh. I'm saying I'm saying early Game of Thrones when all the, the kings were the king of the north and the, you know, and Joffrey and, the, you know, they're all separated saying I'm the king, man. You know? and, mm-hmm. and when I say that, I mean, Rhaenyra is my queen. I, I, I'm only getting secondhand <laughs> embarrassment because this is a shitty situation and she's like doing her absolute best to be like, I'm the queen. But her point of this entire episode is like. Is my job in this as the heir to make sure I'm the queen at all costs or is it to make sure that King's Landing is good to go and has a kid? You know what I mean? Like that, that there's peacetime. Do I start a war just because I need to be on the throne? And I think that she's battling with that in this. And and I also think that in this scene, Otto has amazing terms, by the way. Fuck this guy. But his terms are fucking amazing. You know what I mean? Like everything you could ask for. And then yeah. Damon comes in and absolutely just like shits on him, like on his face. <laughs> well, it's like, I'd rather feed my kids to the dragons yeah. <laughs> than be your cunt usurper ass. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad you you, you said it, Kathleen. But um, <laughs> is, <laughs> is it is it a hot take for me to say, like, I, I feel like Granera would have been on Damon's side and would have been ready to throw down if he didn't give her the paper. At, towards no. the end of it, you didn't. You that's, don't. 
No, that's a hot take. I think that is. Well, I guess. Take, I guess. Okay. Yes, that's a hot take. As yeah, 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 in, yeah. No, yeah. I disagree with it. So you don't think that Damon would? I'm not saying that she would have said Damon chop his freaking head off, but like she would have been ready, more ready to actually yeah. accept the war. I don't think so. so I feel like she's still like. I think she's still like. She's almost having a little bit of a, a naivete, you could say. Oh, that was a good rhyme. About <laughs> the fact that the war is coming. I don't think she's completely oblivious. I think she's going to do whatever she can to stop it. The point of the paper, I think, was, again, to try to get us to think about this whole Allison and Rhaenyra relationship. Queer baiting. Or that, mm. yeah. <laughs> Those undertones, Kathleen. Jimmy, you gay? You gay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much... It actually it could like she's already fairly gung ho anti war. I don't think Alice. There's no way for Allison to know that. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. is kind of where it is. Again, we've talked about this before on the podcast of the whole the communication isn't amazing. Part of that is because the only way they can talk to each other is by yeah, not on a piece of paper and sending it on a fucking bird. But I I don't think that. I don't think the paper really changed much for her. If anything, it makes her more sad about what's to come. She literally cries a tear. Yeah. Right. I thought see, I thought that was what like confirmed her position, like, okay, I'll wait it out. Like again, I'm not saying I thought she was gonna say, Damon, take Otto's head and like start this war. But I mean they pulled their swords out on her and Damon. You know, I I, I don't know. But yeah, I I know what you're saying. Well, I guess I mean Damon uncheats his sword first. Yeah, as for you. I'm a Yeah. I just wrong, except for choking Renee. I didn't like that. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So a couple of things I just need to bring up here because this is the start of the twin rivalry, right? Because we get an absolute cool, badass yeah, just yeah, stare yeah, down yeah. between the two. And I'm all in. Like I, like I already said, like I want them to be very, very explicit about making building this rivalry up. We need things like this that are not the main Targaryens that keep us compa- like keep us very, very passionate about the show and like look forward to satisfying conclusions. And this is the perfect situation because I think the first thing that happens, which I really loved, is when uh, Rhaenyra just walks right up to Otto and just rips the hand piece off and chucks it yep. off the, the bridge. And then that's when the stare down happens. And then that's when Damon whips out his sword. And then that's when fucking Cyrax screams at the same time. Like so many epic things happen over the course of a minute. That it was basically as as I was as hype about this one as I was in episode three. And, right. and the same thing happened, right? Like it's just it was so freaking epic. So on my defense here, Kyle, defend I mean, tell me, I can't remember fully. I did watch twice, but don't they pull the swords after she rips the hand off, then Damon pulls his sword? Or is it Damon then no? I'm it's pretty at the sure. end. It's at the I end. I thought that there's a scene where she when she rips the hand and throws it off, they all start going like this and one at their sword no she the, takes the, the pen off and of calls him a traitor mm-hmm. and then well i don't know if this that's a good question in terms of this if the swords come out because rainier at that point cries and then otto says that allison wants an answer i'm pretty sure then it goes damon is like no yeah. go fuck yourself and then rainier is like that yeah damon says she can have her answer stuffed in her dead father's mouth along with his withered cock and then he pulls his sword <laughs> out and says let's well because he says let's end this mummer's farce and i'm pretty sure that yeah. is the quote as he pulls the sword out yeah 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 okay the dragon's cream. like that so seems good. like a let's end this mummer's farce like i'm right, gonna pull my right. sword out now love yeah. it can we just say that rhaenyra owns damon on this like bridge and dragonstone just totally yeah he's, that's the, every that's time he's bridge, like man. stop she's like he's like sad face yeah. like he's just like fine He's but like this, so good. This was Rhaenyra <laughs> being a little puss. 
Just fucking end it all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if honestly, if anything, Otto kind of dominates all of them a little bit. Just in terms of, I mean, he is always so good. They give him great quotes, and a lot of it they do pull straight out of it, uh, straight out of the book that is. And I just, I guess, to just to reiterate the terms here is that uh, they can all bend the knee. She can keep Dragonstone. Luke can have Driftmark. All her sons, all her sons, two of the sons, the two sons by Damon will be court members. That's why Damon's like, fuck you. They're not going to the court. I'd rather feed it to my dragons. Right. And then, uh, and then he starts going off about all the traditional symbols. So he sits the Iron Throne. He has the Conqueror's name. He has the Conqueror's crown. He has the Conqueror's sword. And he has the blessing of the High Septon in front of the masses. And we've already sent offers to Starks, to the Tullys, to the Baratheons. So at this point, I mean, Otto's slapping his dick on the table. And it's like, the only option for you guys is to take this offer. Because if not, you're obviously just going to die. And they don't take it because they're obviously not about it. That's when he slips the page where he's like, okay, maybe we'll try this emotional thing. And obviously, Rhaenyra tells him, like, yeah, we'll give you your answer. The answer is not going to be yes to the terms. Right. And Game of Thrones, you know, this specifically, but it happens all the time in the original show, too. Like, they have a lot of they put a lot into the honor and tradition of these meetups. Like, Otto comes to this meetup knowing that Rhaenyra's dragon's right behind him. Damon's right there. Like, I mean, Damon was ready to throw down, but for the most part, it ends with them being like, I'm mad at you, but you know, you're here as a messenger and I'm going to let you go home. But like, Jesus, he could, he, if I'm him, I'd be exactly like Luke was going to the Baratheon and then seeing Eamon being like, I'm shitting my pants here, man. Like I'm about <laughs> to die probably. <laughs> well, honestly, for Otto, I feel like he doesn't want to die, but I think him dying there, he knows for him is, is yeah, almost a worthy cause. Like he's willing to be yeah. that martyr. Right, right. To die Fucking there. Otto. I would have loved to be right. And he died there just for the record. That would have been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy for a second, I thought I was going to be right. Though. Yeah. I'm trying to think that there's two, two little things I wanted to bring up. One, to jump off Luke's point of the Eric and Eric of these side plot lines. I just like how much now like we're getting mentions of the Starks, the Tullys, the Baratheons in like every scene. I just think it's good that in the finale, they're pulling in all of these other houses of giving us this kind of wink, wink, these crumbles of like, this will happen in the next season. Giving us a little bit of that teaser where Luke says, we're going to have other storylines kind of beyond this main conflict. They will play into the main conflict themselves, but they kind of are their own thing which me personally, I'm really looking forward to because a lot of them are very good. And the second thing is that the page itself obviously means something, but people were talking about this online and I actually like kind of the the symbolism of it in that the page is Nymeria, so Queen Nymeria who fled Essos because she was being hunted by dragons to then come to Westeros and find safety for her people. So people were also thinking there's a little bit of like a subliminal messaging of Allison being like, hey, like, Maybe you should just get out of here. Like if, if you just leave Westeros, like you can live with your family and be happy. Right, 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 right. We'll do our thing over here. And, you know, we don't have to, it doesn't have to come to this. Yeah, we've been giving her props. I mean, you know, last episode really she shined with that. You know, everyone wanted to get rid of Renair and her entire family, especially Damon. And she was ready to let them somehow slip away or some any kind of way to keep them alive. As long as Aegon becomes king still, just let them somehow live with this yeah it's honestly I mean, it's perfect parallel to Rhaenyra this episode where Rhaenyra right. is the only person in the room who's like let's not go to war like we can right. figure this out a different way and Allison last episode was the only one of like let's not do this like we can figure it out you know what's really interesting is that Damon didn't or sorry Otto didn't even say it was King Viserys's last wish or anything so Rhaenyra is still absolutely in the dark about the fact that 
this like flub of Aegon prophecy I feel bullshit. Like, I feel Otto's like if he could. I mean, I feel like if Otto said that, that might have been like really hothead Damon being like, yeah, right, bro. And then the sword would have came out a lot <laughs> earlier. Like, but, but um, but that's not the point, though. The point is that Rhaenyra is still unaware that the prophecy is what's driving this sudden change. Yeah. And my biggest thing was the second Rhaenyra hears that she should be able to talk this out. Not mm-hmm. easily, but like she should be able to. And I'm actually happy that she that Otto didn't say that. I didn't even think about that. So you just yeah. brought it up right now, which is good. I really think it's that Otto doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, well, that yeah. too. But the I mean, the only it wasn't person, purposeful. the only person in King's Landing that cares is Allison. Otto would be having that exact conversation on that exact yeah. bridge if Viserys just died True. quietly. Yeah, he um, does not give a fuck. Honestly, if anything, it's for him. It's like, okay, it'll fucking make Allison like be on our team and not maybe like yeah. shy away from this because like that's the only utility he sees in that. Mm-hmm. And um, going back to the Eric and Eric thing really quick, that's just super interesting just for a couple of things here. Like, Kyle, you were talking about how it's hard to communicate, obviously, besides birds, no texting, no phone, no nothing like that. You're not webcamming can, with each other. Just you know, very like quickly. Are. Can you imagine social media like while this was happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> team Aegon, baby. Yeah. Hashtag, let's go. Honestly, I mean, we're Those getting it. You're getting crazy in yeah, King's we're Landing. Like, getting <laughs> team Black and team, team Green on Twitter and stuff. We are like, getting it. The yeah. sound like our uh, feed for Benchtown, like TVR podcast, yeah. uh, Twitter account is like it makes me uncomfortable sometimes. Just people are serious. It's pretty yeah, crazy. people are dead serious, and we we've been getting that as we've been finding more and more of this as the podcast has been going on. By especially talking to a lot of the stars of the shows about how certain fans like really, really, really take these things seriously and send messages, emails, whatever it is to these people, acting like it's the show's real, but um. Going back to the Eric and Eric thing, like Eric is our homie, right? Yes. Okay. So Eric, obviously two in the alphabet, number one in your heart. There you go. So, you know, everyone's their own main character in their own story. So it would be really cool to think about like Eric showing up on the bridge. And obviously there's these rumors like, where did Eric go? Did he help rain East? Did he, did, you know, someone stole the crown? Like, what's going on? And then he finally, like, walks up and sees Eric, and he's like, oh, shit, it's true. Like, I just, that was kind of something that was interesting to me. Yeah, and he did abandon him in that fight. Yeah. I mean, we kind of racing yeah. to get Eric and to get Eric to get Aegon, and he does abandon him. So I'm sure there's obviously, he's not too happy about it. We should get it. We should get a, it's like the Twilight books, man. We should get another, a spinoff of just, Eric's point of view, the entire show, just from Eric's point of view. <laughs> that would be nuts. It would be so boring. All we'd be doing is, yeah, right. <laughs> he would just be standing outside Eric's of point doors. Of view, it would just be him with, with Aegon being like, this kid's a piece of shit. Like, yeah. And that would be so much Kristen Cole. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Yeah, that's well, true. Yeah. Yeah. There would be a lot of Kristen Cole in that show. Don't want that. Right. be my least favorite person of this episode yeah so let's oh, this uh, episode he's not even in it let's uh let's cleanse our palate of the Kristen cold talk with another war council honestly it's like half a war council it's just this is that that big Rhaenyra and damon scene that jimmy had mentioned earlier that was a little bit not even a little bit it's anti-damon negative for damon but obviously something we will talk about just a brief overview of what they talk about first because obviously we want to talk about just the two of them damon again is just really pushing this point about the dragons mm-hmm. he is kind of watching rhaenyra i mean he literally says to her that's your father talking she is still like we're not doing this we're not doing this and damon says like the enemy have declared war like what are you going to do about it and she immediately just says clear the room 
Yep. Which yep. was badass. And then they all leave. And then they have this conversation about what the fuck's actually going on between the two of them. It's a tough thing to have happen. You know, Damon's been riding or dying with Renera. There's a lot of great scenes where like they're holding hands and he's putting the crown on her head and my queen and all this stuff. But saying that right in front of everybody before she says clear the room, like that's pretty bad. Like, you know, if it wasn't Damon, you'd be getting your tongue out. I don't know why Rhaenyra would have thought that Damon knew about the prophecy or why you and, and why well, he, he would even care. Cause he's basically the, well, he's like, he was Otto, the heir right? for a while. Yeah. He's the heir. So oh, like, that's so true. you would think that he would be the next, like he would that's be the so one who true. has to know if he's taken yeah. over. I thought he that's, was the heir assumed or whatever. Yeah. But called. no matter what, like forever, Viserys had no children or, or male heir. So it was Damon. So you would think that Viserys would have been like, listen, man, if I die, you got to know this. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. Never mind. Take it back. Yeah. And that's kind of the the way that, again, a lot of the stuff with especially with a scene like this, it's behind the scenes stuff kind of helps explain it a little more because to us, it's just so shocking. It's difficult to kind of think through what's actually happening. Um, but the kind of the explanation a little bit that they gave was that Damon is just upset, obviously, in general. So he kind mm-hmm. of she is spouting all of this dreamer stuff. And that's when he's like yo, what the fuck? Like my brother was a slave to his omens and portents. Anything to make his feckless reign appear to have purpose. Dreams didn't make us kings. Dragons did. That's decades of frustration. Oh yeah. They're mm-hmm. almost coming to a boil of like, he watched kind of not helplessly, but pretty much helplessly as Viserys in his mind was weak and, and fucked things up and never actually gave him the chance he thought he could have. And now he's kind of getting that chance a little bit with Rhaenyra and he's watching her go down that same exact road that he was watching Viserys go down. And he's just kind of sick of it. And the only thing he has yeah. is to physically lash out. And that's pretty much what happens. Damon hearing these omens or her talking about dreamer stuff, you know, he has the same as her this this day or how what i don't know if it's the same day or if it's how however much time's passed since you know their child died war is being threatened everything about them is being threatened he is taking major offense obviously and he's saying saying himself like why are you not taking offense that this freaking usurper took your throne and i you know we got to the point and we talked about it where it is it is a good line like i, I agree with her like is it more important for me to be on the throne or for Westeros to be at peace? I don't know. It's it's a, it's an interesting conversation to have, like whose side you're on, Damon or or Viserys, uh, or you know, in this situation, or Rhaenyra's kind of acting like Viserys. But she's not wrong at all. That's what won Rhaenys over. We're not gonna turn this entire place into ash just so I can be on the throne. And that that's a lesson a lot of our, I guess, future kings need to learn. Damon saying the dreams didn't make us kings, dragons did. He's putting a lot of faith in dragons and shit. And at the end of this episode, we obviously see Vagor and Arax not listening to their dragon riders, which is a change from the books, right, Kai? So, like, changing that, regardless, let's just go um, show canon. Like, he's like, dragon, like, we, we're kings because we're, dra- we're dragon riders or whatever. But if you can't control your dragons, like, how powerful actually are you, just in general? Well, I think it's interesting that Damon clearly has a lot of respect for Targaryen tradition and history. And it's interesting that he's almost kind of picking and choosing what parts of it he likes. Like he's obviously so gung-ho into the dragon aspect and like the blood magic part of it. 
like they had the whole traditional ceremony. He is, you know, singing these like not ancient hymns. I don't even want to say, but whatever that song ended up being to Vermithor, like he knows a lot about the dragon side of things. And that is the part of the Targaryens that he is like super duper into. So in Damon's like Damon won't have the issue with Caraxes of like not listening. Like, I don't think that that's something that they'll get at with them. That would honestly, I think upset me personally, because I feel like Damon and Caraxes have this bond because Damon is so steeped into like the ancient Targaryen magic of dragon riding. Like he's about it. That's his life. I just think it's interesting that the other side of it, a big part of the Targaryen lore and tradition, everything too, is the dreamer part of it. I mean, we have Daenys, which is his official book canon is, you know, Daenys the dreamer warned the family to get out of Old Valyria, and that's why they are still alive. Now we have the new show canon that it's anticipated to be book canon of Aegon's dream is what made him conquer the Seven Kingdoms. And it's just, it's just interesting that Damon is kind of, he's so gung-ho Targaryen, but he's so gung-ho one part of the Targaryens. And I guess it's just, he's just like Jimmy had said earlier, he's such an interesting character mm-hmm. because of all of these like contradictions and differences and dichotomies inside of him. He's just, he's fucking phenomenal. Don't mm-hmm. support him choking his wife, obviously. Right. But right. I just yeah, think, him. yeah, everything behind it is what makes his character interesting. Yeah, and I and I'm hoping that they get into maybe with Aemond and Lucerus that it was just more the fact like they're newer er dragon riders with their dragons. And you know, Drogon was giving Daenerys plenty of shit at times, you know. Yeah. So maybe it's just if they're newer, like you know, I would agree with you, Kyle. It would be kind of annoying if we get to the fact that they're trying to explain that Damon or rain east or any of them are having issues with their dragon it kind of fits if you really want to make it fit where renera did say in the books in the histories when dragons go to war nothing's left at the end of it and it makes sense you see these two dragons go to battle they just start throwing down they don't care about the riders they don't care about their surroundings maybe that's what they're trying to get at but at the same time it would annoy me if it's like you know Later on, Damon's like, no, cracks. He's listening to me. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I, th- I think that's the point of it, though. I think it is that, you know, Eamon has only had, I mean, Vagar's, you know, 100 and fucking something, 80 years old or something crazy yeah. like that. Eamon's been riding her for six years, if that. And he only just started doing this. It's not like he's been training since he was a little boy to do this. So I right, think that's right. that's the part of it. And we can obviously talk maybe a little bit more about that if right, it right. comes up on the road to that scene. All right. So moving into a Corliss and Rainey scene. So we've been loving these throughout uh, the entire season. This is a good one. Again, we finally get Corliss admitting that he has been wrong over the years of pushing, 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 pushing to get on the Iron Throne. Rainey's, I think, is probably feeling a little relief here, but she's also still upset kind of about a different thing now. Yeah. Where he is, she, he kind of abandoned her. He got injured fighting on the Stepstones, which he left to do right after they had lost both of their kids. They have really nice emotional scenes. I thought this was just a nice scene. It also gives us kind of a little bit of an insight into what Corliss has been thinking and doing lately. It just was kind of good. It was good to see Corliss kind of mature. Obviously, he's an old man and it should have happened by now, but it is good to see him turn that corner. Yeah, I like his reaction to his brother, but that was yeah. nothing really to bring up here besides the next scene when he comes in is amazing. Yeah. And also, this is the exact scene where Rhaenys does commend Rhaenyra for being the only one in the room to stop yes, the war, yes. which Kathleen obviously has been. And making. that's pretty much what talked him into it, I would say, right? Well, that and that 
and, Jace and because Luke and Joffrey claimants to the throne, and they'll die. And it, yeah, they'll die. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. I, again brings up the whoever said Luke is going to call him grandsire, granddad, or whatever. And it's like they are their grandkids. They grew up being their grandkids, even if they're technically not blood. I, I mean, he even mentions here too again that he was like Rhaenyra was complicit in killing our son. Like fuck her. Like everything that happens yeah. with her is bad, and Rhaenys kind of convinced him the other way. The big Corliss scene. Is Corliss now enters into a third war council, I guess it is at this point. Like only our boy can, even though he's limping, no one really commands a room like this yeah. guy. It really is something else. Uh, and he just kind of lays it out. He wants the, he wants to know where they've, kind of what they talked about. And he obviously adds his own little spice into the conversation. How is Corliss going to ride a dragon in this condition? He doesn't, so. He doesn't ride a dragon. Oh, shit. Rock. Rainy says, hey, he's, a dragon. he's a ship captain, baby. I forgot about that. Okay, cool. I was glad because I was like, they're counting him in and he's out. So. He doesn't have any Targaryen in him, right? Yep. Makes sense. Mm-mm. I was just well, I mean, I, again, he might. might. They always yeah. say they always say that there's a long history. So no, he I could, mean, he's but. been he chose the sea from when he was like, you know, six years old. So the Valerians rule the sea. The Targaryens rule the skies, man. You're... Yeah, hundred um, percent. One of like... the best parts about this whole scene was definitely just again, like I did not expect this much actual battle strategy about the war already. Like this, we just found out we're going to war forty-five real human minutes ago, and we're already <laughs> talking on our third strategies. And the way that Corlys lends his support with the fleet, and then they instantly starts going into strategic maneuvers about cutting off the narrow sea they own the step zones permanently and they actually set up uh, that was like amazing and then rainy's finally like stands for rainier's side here and says i'll even jump on melis and and um patrol the whatever she calls it the the borders of sea or whatever yeah Yeah. all of that was freaking amazing and is rainy's the one that we see fly out too with luke and jace is that who i believe so yeah I would say that this is the peak of the episode where I feel like, oh, shit, we could do this, man. We got yeah. Corliss. Well, that's yeah. like the big the big news. Like it was news to all of them. Right. Besides Corliss, that he now controls the Stepstones. Yeah. 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 Rhaenyra is like, yeah, her face yeah, is like, woo, let's go. Yeah, that was good. And even um, before that, I liked the kind of it's not even like a verbal sparring match, but Rhaenyra kind of again mentions that like, you know, mm-hmm. all of these lords were oaths to me. And he was like, well, the Hightowers did too. And she's like, and so did you. And, yeah. then, and then he he actually looks at the grandchildren who actually had just had a nice moment where when, yeah, a, when, the, girl, when, when the girls come in, yeah, and they stand next to their betrothed and uh, Raina and Luke actually have a little nice exchange and a smile there, which makes us sad. Tears in the chat. Yeah, absolute tears in the chat. Um, And then this is when he kind of declares and says, you know, our houses are bound by blood, blah, 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 blah. blah. Like he'll basically, he's going to end up fighting for her. This is totally off topic, Kyle, but the thousand ships, is that the one that's supposed to be about the sea snake or is there a whole nother show? Whatever shows about, about the sea snake that George R. R. Martin confirmed is back. Is that going to be Corliss and his actor? It'll be, it won't be him because it'll be a younger version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's called the nine voyages because he's famous for like nine different sea journeys to like different crazy parts of the world. The only really big thing here, I guess it is fairly big is that they kind of divvy up how they're now actually going to contact the Starks, Baratheons. Right, right. And they didn't mention the Riverlands yet, but how they're actually going to do this. So this is Maester Gerardus. I'm going to call him Gerardus. He wants to prepare Ravens, but Jace actually kind of takes a little bit of a command here and steps up and says that, nah, fuck that shit. Birds (laughs) are slow, dragons are faster, and dragons are much more intimidating. I love how Corliss immediately 
like chimes in is like, yeah, that's actually like, so that's a great idea. Yep. Yep. Damn, bro. What a squeak. <laughs> a little squeak. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it was so, only for a yup too, man. How embarrassing. <laughs> um, it's Regret. it's nice to know. It's nice to know marriage has not changed you. No, so, I'm still the same prepubescent boy. <laughs> <laughs> so Jace will go north. He will first stop at the Erie, and then he will go to Winterfell. So we get a, a Cregan Stark. I forget how. The, I feel like in my head, I've always said Cregan. But I think, yeah, I say Cregan too in my yeah. head. But so we, we're going to get some Cregan Stark, the young wolf, uh, one of the young wolves. I actually don't remember what his actual his epithet is, but one of the the most definitely hyped up characters in this for good or bad. People have really interesting opinions on him. And then we get that Luke is going to go to Storm's End, which we know mm. womp, womp, womp. it's not the best idea. He looks nervous now too. J- Jace is like volunteering him for this, and he's like, "Fine, but <laughs> like, fine. yeah." And rightfully so, right? I mean, when Rhaenyra is walking them through it, oh, Cregan is young, finds some common interest, and she's like, "Luke, you will be welcomed with open arms." Like it's again, it's like, girl, you really just led him into an absolute shitstorm. If Aemond didn't beat him there. It obviously would have been fine. But if I'm Luke and I get off the dragon and Vagar pops his head above a building, I am getting right the fuck back on yeah. ass and I am flying home. I don't care if I look like a pussy. I am flying Yeah, right. Home. It's all about honor, Kathleen. Come yeah. on. He had, to do, yeah, he had to do his duty to his mother, to his queen, rather. He's he not here for too. battle. He's here. He's a messenger. He's not a warrior today. He even him just like grabbing his sword, being like, "Okay, I mean, <laughs> he sees." And we know, and, and like, the, yeah, and we know, like they show on the beach that he's still having some trouble with the sword, man. Yeah, so yes. he know he wouldn't. He knows he's just doing it out of duty. He was not gonna have any chance against Damon. But I thought the writing was easily on the walls with this conversation, like you said, Kathleen, where Renera talks to her two sons, especially when she says, "You're messengers. You're not. You're not warriors. You're not. No matter what." You have to listen to me. You're not here to fight. My mind was just racing with, all right, one of them's going to be there. One of them's going to want to fight. And the and one of the sons, whichever one's going to die, is going to say, no, I'm not fighting. And it was just going to be an easy way for them to get hurt or die. So I just thought, okay, I'm either half right. I'm maybe I'm close here. Like I thought this conversation equal. Definitely one of the sons was dying. His little baby hand on that Bible. I'm like, you're sending a baby. Yeah, and the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I'm not sure off the top of my head what that book's even fucking called. Oh, but wait, I do on, like to. It's called A Song of Ice and Fire. That's hey. getting a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you turn that way. <laughs> um, but I do like how, how he says, yes, mother, and then corrects himself and says, your grace. I thought that was, again, they're just, they're setting us yeah. up, the little motherfuckers. He's a good mom. Even though and she did a, send him here, she's going to be yeah. fucking mad at herself for a long time. And he's a good boy. I do have a question, though. I'm just curious what we thought of the comment that Cregan Stark is closer to their age. So he's also somewhat of like a young man. I couldn't wait to see him. And then we didn't get to see him. <laughs> yeah. I want to see like a little ballsy motherfucker be the kind of like Aegon, right? I mean, like Aegon's a young ass king and he's going to be on the crown doing stupid bullshit they're going to be pulling them out of brothels still so i was excited to see cregan but what kind of common ground are you going to find with with cregan here if he's like a young ned or something he's like boring as shit probably jace is boring though yeah jace is very dutiful no women no women he's gonna be like oh i'm betrothed i mean you know no women 
Yeah. Maybe maybe some maybe some sparring, some light sparring on on the sword yard. Well, we'll definitely Whatever. see practice yard. Yeah, the trip to Winterfell is definitely in the cards for season two. Um, and also speaking to it, Jace, and I just like how they've they did it kind of subtly throughout this too of how like dutiful and into it Jace is, and how kind of nervous and not into it Luke is. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Luke obviously gets the short end of the stick by getting clapped. So okay. Joffrey is now the heir to Driftmark, correct? L- little baby Joffrey. Yeah, yeah. After this episode, for sure. Mm. Which I'm sure Lainor is but, course, across the alive, sea, so. being like, "Oh, Joffrey, you're gonna do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I named after my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he's like catching the newspaper or anything. Maybe we'll like, like obviously, I mean, Luke, you're the only one here that reads One Piece, but like chapter, like chapter cover stories. It's just like Lanor's yeah. adventures in Essos. Like we get like a five minute or like a one minute scene of him, like, you know, having some tea and reading a newspaper <laughs> on the terrace balcony. Love that. We get now, we're at our final three scenes. So obviously two of them are going to be Storm's End. The last one will be Rhaenyra finding out about Storm's End. I think we should just take it all of Storm's End before the dragon flight, obviously the dragon flight on its own. And then the last one. So we arrive at storm's end for the first time ever. Uh, we've talked about it a ton throughout game of Thrones, but now we get to see it for the first time and we get Luke arriving during a storm, which is very fitting. And like we had mentioned, Luke lands and we just get Vagar in the background with the yeah, lightning which- bolt bolt that shows her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Luke is shook. So then Luke is then brought into to the kind of main chamber. He's announced to Boros and we find that Aemon's here. And then immediately we know things are going south and things do go quite south. Just even just in Storm's End, regardless of the dragon flight for Luke. This dude not being able to read. I guess I guess this Baratheon is a lot more like Robert than Stannis, man, because he he's not about duty or honor or anything. He's like, so what can you do for me? I don't care if I bent the knee before to Renera. Like, come on. Question: What marriage pact did, did they promise Damon to to one of them? No, so no, 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 no. yeah. So if you, recall, I mean, not Damon. I meant to say, Aemond. yeah, you're okay. If you recall, yeah. last episode they mentioned Tylan Lannister mentions in the small council meeting that Boris Baratheon has four unmarried daughters, and in this scene when we come in, Aemon is speaking to one of the daughters, and yeah. then there's three daughters that are standing next to Boros Baratheon. Right, so it's that's what I thought. So, so I didn't mean to say Damon, obviously. Yeah. No, you're okay. So yeah, it's kind of, it's not said explicitly. They kind of show you a little bit more that Aemon is there to basically take a wife. Yeah, right. okay. That's what and I was asking, just, just confirming. Just the way that baby monk Aemon can just control a scene with just staring and doing nothing, which is doing a lot because he's just yeah. literally just being intimidating and just waiting for... Uh, Luke to just get flat out rejected because of his offer being shit compared to theirs. It's just amazing. Like I, I love him so much as a character and it gets even better at the end when he realizes he fucked up because it humanizes him a little bit and he's not pure Damon, like just going a hundred percent intense the entire time. And this was just great. And it, like, if we're good with the Baratheon talk, because like it escalates to the point where Everybody knew this was coming. That's been paying attention. He rips off his eye, his um, eye patch, and you see the sapphire eye. I think it was even in the intro sequence in the episode before the little sapphire. It was like an Easter egg kind of thing. All of this was awesome. People from the books have been expecting it, and just the way he 
tries to take have Luke just cut out his own eye again to get the revenge is just so perfect. And it just leads to that tension that you expect every time Eamon's on the screen and he always lives up to the hype for me. And I hope he did for you guys too, even before we get to the dragon ride, because he just steals every fucking scene. I need more Damon and Eamon on the screen together because they're just chaotic fun. Yeah. What do you think about his kind of voice cracking a little bit? It's like, give me your eye, bastard. Well, yeah. you know, I mean, all mature strong <laughs> oh, yes, men have cracking voices. That moment is one of the few times we see Eamon lose his head, right? Like in a mm-hmm. way that's kind of dramatic. Even when he got his eye sliced out, he was like, don't whatever for me, mother. I, I gained a dragon. It I just might have seems lost like, an eye. Yeah, it just <laughs> seems like he has that soft spot for, for that scene back when he wanted that dragon so bad and they made fun of him with the pig. Like, his other time losing his shit, whether he loses it and then he kind of calms and gives that sweet speech as he slams his drink on yeah. the table when, yeah. when the pig gets put on the table and he sees... Um, what is it? Is it Luke again, or is yeah, it's Luke? Yeah, it's yeah it's Luke. Luke. Give the smirk, you know, and Jace is dancing and he does the speech, and it's just a core memory for him, and it sucks. Yeah, because it just clearly stands out every him. time he sees Luke. To off of him just freaking out right there. The one line he says, he's like, "My lord's strong," and he's yeah. and then and he says, "Like I'm not gonna fight you." He goes, "Yeah, a fight would be of little challenge." Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, right. Yeah, and he also says he's gonna gift his eye to his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I just makes me obviously think about what Allison's reaction would be to him yeah. with the is eye. That a, I don't, don't think she would like that. that. Well, the joke yeah, exactly. is the joke is that she said uh, an eye for an eye when she had her freak out. Oh, yeah, she yeah, said, yeah. "You need to give you know you need to give me his eye." And Viserys is right. like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah. All right, chill out." Yeah, for sure. Bringing up Kathleen's point, this and this is the only thing. I have two little things to say about the Baratheon part of this. He can't read, which is funny, of course. Mm. Leans into my, this is part of the maester conspiracy, too, from the books, of that a lot of lords and like people in general are illiterate, so they just have to trust what the maester tells them. What the maester them. says. Mm, yeah, so Weedle, yeah. and he whispers it to him. It's not like he reads it out loud, so it's. I don't think he did anything. I'm not saying that in this scene, but in general, that is definitely part of it from the books, too, that a lot of these motherfuckers can't read. That's and then the second one, yeah. I just I like the little bit of the nuance kind of where Boros keeps saying your mother and Luke keeps responding with the queen. I thought that was interesting that he kept saying your mother, your mother, your mother, and not the queen, the queen, the queen. I just thought they did a good job of that. All right. So at this point, Boros is like, all right, motherfuckers, I'm not having this happen in my hall in Storm's End. So take Prince Luceris to his dragon and get these motherfuckers out of here. And now we That's get a little respect, though, just yeah. like protecting oh, yeah. Yeah. the envoy, like what Jimmy was yeah. bringing up earlier. He's not a complete yeah. idiot, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So Luke gets escorted, escorted rather, to Arax, and who Arax is, is visibly spooked. Luke has actually spooked himself. Tries to calm down Arax with I love when they they speak the High Valyrian commands. Yeah, and kind of they take flight into the storm, which but. You missed the best part, which is Vagar's not there. Vagar it was wasn't missing. it wasn't even like, OK, when Vagar first, we kind of just said it real quick. Like when you saw Vagar, that was just unreal to see yeah. like him towering over, like and how terrifying that was. But I thought it was just so good how more terrifying this was, that he wasn't anywhere to be seen yeah. Luke, at this point. Sequence. If you didn't already yeah. know and you were just like a surface level TV watcher, you have to be like, OK, death. Like if you didn't, I would have I would have ran right point. into their hall and been like, "Yo, let yeah. me stay." Can I sleep over? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My tummy hurts. Can I sleep yeah. over? <laughs> yeah. Literally. Oh, God, it was so scary, man. Um, 
so yeah, I just we get into the air, it's fucking downpouring. I first thing I thought of too was this they don't have fucking have goggles or helmets. They're I just know. Riding yeah. raw dog in it in the rain. They don't is- have that Harry Potter spell that Hermione does for Harry on his glasses. Dude, exactly what I was thinking of. Too. <laughs> and that has to be like our nineteenth Harry Potter reference. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Which is really funny. So basically Arax is trying to navigate. We get the rumblings from Vagar in the distance, and then we get the iconic shot from the episode of Vagar flying above them and lit up by oh, the lightning man. strikes. Uh, yeah, that was fucking awesome. I mean, obviously, like Luke had said, people who have read the books have been really looking forward to this happening, and holy fuck, when that shot came, I was like, God damn, we are doing this right now. It was crazy. Dude. When yeah. he was like, ha 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 ha, from a top, he's so menacing. It's so scary. It's mm-hmm. one of the best visuals in Game of Thrones history. I'm talking yep. about the entire series and House of the Dragon. It's just, it, it goes back, and I said it when we were hanging, goes back to like the the famous jaws scene when you have the boat and then you just have jaws under it and it's and it's so big and, and you know jaws is considered a horror movie now it's laughable but back then it was considered a horror movie and seeing that with the dragon you know being ridden and then vagor on top like ominous as hell yeah it's, what's that fear that um of huge things i forget what it's oh, called yes. but that that is this like a uh, I don't want to butcher it, so I'm not even going to say it. But that is this. This whole scene from the back. Like anytime Vagar... Yeah, huge phobia. That's exactly what, how I forget. Uh, <laughs> that it's just every time Vagar is, has been around in this episode has just been like, I've been on the edge of my seat. Absolute tension. This is just a masterclass in cinematography for fake CGI monsters. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's so fucking well done. And like Kathleen said... He the cackling like before you know where he actually is before they actually start messing with each other. It's just perfect television. I can't even I couldn't even imagine anything that they could have done better here. Yeah, yeah it's fucking awesome. So we get yeah. to uh, Vagar is kind of snapping a little bit. Eric's from behind. Amen. At this point, is we hear him speak high Valyrian. My take on it the second time was that that was kind of a, again like kind of obey me. Like I don't know if he really wanted Vagar to actually do that that much. Maybe yeah. possible. But then we get Luke and Arax, and we were actually yelling at this, like when he goes through like the little small kind of like cliffside pass yeah. that he did it, and we were like, he did it, like we're, we're <laughs> um, and we get Vagar and Aemon from above, and I just like the just the quote of "You have a debt, boy," that he says in High Valyrian, and I yep. just like the that boy is Tauba. I love the way he <laughs> says it. <laughs> it was really good. Um, it's gonna be like your uh, <laughs> what is? Oh it yeah, from, from the hundred. Yeah, from the hundred. Yeah, it's Trigator oh, Slang. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. I don't know. What is something go like something down? Is it down? Yeah. It, um, um, <laughs> well, it's tough shit. because it's like it's shit. like partially English. It's like Creole like yeah. style yeah. language where like it's kind of like partially English. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's Trigator it's good. I feel like it was like something Holy something shit, down or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It, yeah, is it is down for sure. I'm yeah. listening to our finale coverage and I will say it ten times. Yeah. That or oh. the uh the Josephine interview for sure, because you guys made me say yeah. it. There. <laughs> 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 that happened. Okay. So um and you sang to her as well. That did happen. I sung Hey Jude. Yes, to Josephine. Go check yeah. that out. Yeah, good time. You watched the hundred, we covered the hundred. Good shit. Um and we get so at this point. We're kind of flying blind. We don't really know what's happening. And we get Arax comes out and actually disobeys Luke, sprays Vagar with some fire. 
then Eamon loses control of Vagar, and at this point, all hell has broken loose. Right, right. And at this point, was kind of fucking with them, thought he had things under control. Vagar now is turning completely instinctual because Arax turned completely instinctual first. Mm-hmm. And we do get an amazing shot of Luke kind of getting above the clouds into what we yeah. think is apparent safety because we're kind of relating safety with there's no storm anymore and we see the sunlight and we're like, oh my God, like – Totally, like good shit. He got up other clouds and then literally just from below, open jaws, snap. Aemon is even yelling like Vagar no, and where's Arax is in pieces. We know Luke is either inside Vagar or tumbling down in his own pieces, and oh my gosh. it's just silence. Luckily it was a sneak attack. Luke only had about one second before he was being turned and was being chomped. I mean, he was probably shitting himself that entire ride, but he thought he was in the clear at least. Yeah, it wasn't you're dead like, before he yeah. Yeah, but Sheesh, I dude, Arix is an idiot. Like the pieces of Arix falling is like the most gory mm-hmm. part of the mm-hmm. entire thing. Like that, I just did not expect to see on TV ever. And and Eamon's face, like I, I'm not gonna get over it. I almost think that made his character better for me because it just added more dimensions to him, not just being pure evil. I know he was trying to control Vagar, but the fact that he actually had regret on his, like he was like, "What the fuck did I just do?" I've been seeing a million great memes online about like when he walks home, like, Oh, all right, going to bed, mom. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> his room, Like stuff like that, because yeah. he just basically started the war and uh, it's just awesome. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a lot when we were talking about Eamon, especially in the scenes where he was looking for Aegon and he was saying, I should be King and this and that, but he's so dutiful to his family. He follows his orders. He knows that Allison's deal right now is to, you know, make sure Aegon's on the throne, but at the same time, she's working on getting Rhaenyra to bend the knee, you know, and she doesn't want this war. And whether Aegon agrees or doesn't agree, we know he's going to follow it. So he knows that he screwed up. And like you said, look, that face, he knows shit, man. I just started mm-hmm. a freaking war. After this, we get a scene of Damon slowly telling Rhaenyra, right? And we get this iconic scene of her breaking down for a little and then turn slowly turning around and kind of looking down the lens of the camera in this like very evil way. I saw something online that they found out because Eric's washed up on shore. Is that like book cannot canonic in the book? Correct. Yes. Eric's head. Arax is, I guess the way you said that his head washes up on the, on the shore of storm's end. And they're like, Oh fuck. And, and, then, and, what, and again, a letter after that or something. It doesn't say, but or yeah. at least doesn't say in what I just quickly read while you were t- saying that. Right, but right. um, <laughs> I, I think that it lends a lot of cre- at first. I remember watching and was like, "Whoa!" Like when Eamon reacts, like "Holy shit!" That just happened and wasn't on purpose. That's what uh, some people are definitely upset about that they did it so that Eamon didn't do it on purpose. And honestly, the more you think about it again, and it even does say in the books that like literally no one was there. So, yeah. like, how could they know? It says it in the sense of, like, it couldn't have been a fight because Vagar was five times bigger and has been through 100 battles. So, like, no one was obviously there, but there's no way it was actually a fight. And then, again, we get into this thing I've mentioned before of it's all of these different sources and word of mouth type stuff where, like, there's even, like, it says that one of the Baratheon daughters, like, calls Aemon a pussy because, like, he won't actually fight Luke and, like, cut out his eye. And then that is what makes him so mad that he then goes and kills him. And then he then took both of his eyes out of his dead head and gave them to the daughter and then left. Like that's one of the stories, mm. which is like an insane thing to think about. 
Um, right, right, right. I read that somewhere. The perspectives in the book make it out. And especially because they have the fight beforehand where he's like calling him a pussy or a bastard and all this shit. So that like it's very easy to just be like, oh, he totally did that on purpose. I mean, we'll see where they go with it in terms of he didn't do it on purpose. But it is just kind of an interesting thing to think about. I, I don't think the the actual impact of him not being able to control Vagar is as intense as people are taking it online of mm-hmm. like what it actually means for like all dragon riders and everything like that. I think it's it's not like that. Okay. Is my take on it? I guess it will come, but I was definitely shocked at first and then didn't love it at first. And then the more I think about it and actually rereading the book to the book parts about it, it does seem very sensationalized, everything about it to almost paint Eamon as like this complete asshole. Mm -hmm. I mean, it totally fits his character. If you didn't really know what happened, you would totally believe they did it on purpose. He's not all free because he didn't. Oh, of course not. Make this happen. It's he's still like, Oh yeah, forty five percent to blame. Oh yeah, I mean, he was juggling yeah. a knife and got caught. Like that's yeah, fucking yeah. with him while he's riding this fucking nuclear weapon of a beast that he clearly doesn't have as much control over as he thought he had. I mean, he yeah. that's yeah. and that's the whole joke that he knows he's coming home to get put in time out. Well, dude, that Rainier look like what a way to to have the closing shot be that because the the writers or the behind the scenes whatever said she had war in her eyes like that's what the oh, script yeah. said and yeah. it's just like let's fucking go. What a part one. This season of House of the Dragon was like the strongest first season of almost any show ever outside of like fucking dark and like the boys like has a really strong first season. Like there's a couple of very select West top World. of the top shows. Westworld's in it. Just That's top of the top, top shows. Top and show. <laughs> yeah, but was the anymore. first season, season. I would, one. I would argue yeah, totally. Westworld's first season might be the best of all time. I don't know. I would have it's, to really think upset. about it. It's up there for sure. But my bottom line is, I don't know like what the sentiment is. And people keep having this revisionist history. I've brought it up before, but like people were nowhere near as hype, excited, reviewed the first season of Game of Thrones as House of the Dragon. Like this is unreal. And it's just the, it's the better first season, in my opinion. Yeah. Let's talk about that. this really quick, which this is so interesting. So on the Town TV Twitter, <laughs> I and, knew you were I knew you were yep. going to bring this up. <laughs> and but but also on the Town TV YouTube community channel, I put the poll up twice. I put it on Twitter and I put it on YouTube. YouTube had more votes than Twitter by a lot. But who cares? Let's let's get to this. On YouTube, Game of Thrones won season one, won 76 to 26 percent. Okay, better first season. But on Twitter, House of the Dragon won 65 percent to 35 percent. So it just seems like, you know, it's it's more like a 50 50 thing. People are back and forth. For me, I don't see it as a comparison. Obviously, House of the Dragon gets helped by the budget of of already coming off of one of the the greatest series of all time. Like, I don't think it's really apples to apples. I think we can just enjoy it all as like one universe and be like, this is fucking lit. And coming off the back of season eight of Game of Thrones, I think it's a it's a better comparison to say coming off of the back of season eight of great Game of Thrones, which a lot of people were pissed. I'm just so pumped that House of the Dragon season one came out absolutely swinging. I'm not taking into account these other things like like budget and stuff. So the reason you you're saying to. it's not apples, I know. Well, what I'm saying is because you're saying it's not apples to apples is exactly my point. Like this is just a better product objectively Absolutely. in almost every single way. And I hate 
that people like online, because it's so easy to hate on things that are currently going on. It's just easy to be trolls and hatred like that because people did not care about Game of Thrones after yeah. season one or after season two. It really took until season yeah, three it before three. it hit its mainstream stride. And now it's so easy to be like, oh, yeah, like this is nothing like when Ned Stark was running shit and like Cersei Lannister. Like, yeah, like you're saying that now with the hindsight of Game of Thrones and how good it got. Like House of the Dragons is starts off sprinting, basically. And I'm just I'm just here to say that it was fucking amazing. And 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Like this season is, is unbelievable. We're biased because we're podcasting on it, but also I'm a fucking harsh ass critic. And I think that this just lived this, this destroyed my expectations because I'm also the biggest hater you'll find when it comes to season eight of game of Thrones. So it was hard. It was an uphill battle and it's still, I am just as happy as I could possibly be with this show. Yeah. For me, um, this episode made me feel sad. Like, one that it was ending two about Luke. I think they did a great job with building him up, even just at the end, giving him screen time enough and having our girl Rhaenyra obviously hurt to her core. And I got to keep reminding myself that the ha- House of the Dragon and the Dance of the Dragons is, is a tragedy, like not like a triumphant oh, story. Yeah. I have to keep reminding myself of that. It's not like really someone's going to come out happy by the end, I feel. I mean, maybe yeah. well, we know the but... end. I mean, the target hands are wiped off the face. Of the exactly. Earth much, so. Exactly. So I have to keep reminding myself of that in the best way, you know, like moving forward, it's just going to be absolute chaos and death. So I, I gotta, I gotta buck up because this episode made me a little sad in, in again, best way. I thought it was a fucking amazing episode. Amazing series. This has been a really fun one to cover too. I just got to give my, my shout out and props to Kyle. Who's been our fearless leader. He's got, he's got all the knowledge in, in that dome and he's been, so smoothly ripping it this whole time. So it's fun. I, well, first of all, I would, I would appreciate that. Or I do appreciate that, but it's been funny of like, well, you guys will ask me questions and then I'll say an answer. And then there's times where we'll get off the podcast and I'm like, fuck that was so wrong. Totally right. And then I write it down of like, Oh, like, you know, I'll, I'll just issue a correction next episode. And I have never done that. So <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there well, that are like, this dude's an idiot or whatever. But if you do feel that way, I feel like you should tweet at us or something. Right. Have a that. conversation about it. Because I don't but mind um, being corrected. But um because but, um, Jesus, I mean, like you said, yeah, there's just so much shit. And they've been doing a fantastic job. I feel like I've read online of people saying that I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it's just like a very vocal minority that have been upset about the show and the changes that they've made. But I feel like everything's been done for the most part, like really well. Obviously it's not perfect. Because I don't, you know, you can take it that nothing is perfect, but I thought they've done an amazing job of of taking some of the liberties that the source material gives them of that it's not a novel and that everything is spelled out for us. Right, All the quotes right. are in there. You know, it's it is like I've said a million times. It's it's three people's books that they've written distilled into one. Where this this guy is the character technically almost in the show of trying to distill it all down into what actually happened. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's they've done a really, really good job of that. And an interesting thing from the the George R. R. Martin talk that I, I was not at, I, I attended, I guess you could say virtually, is that he had said that when they wanted, they asked him for more shows kind of as Game of Thrones was ending. And he pitched this idea to them because he had written like very short stories about like Damon, about Rhaenyra and about That's this awesome. kind of stuff. So cool. And then they were like, I think at Random House, who it, it publishes his books, was like, you should make this, like, you should put out a book for this. 
So they kind of told him to like take a break on wins and write this thing. And then, you know, and then you know, eventually the show will come out about it and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, it turned into a bigger thing, I think, than he thought it might have and that it's coming out in two books and shit like that. But it really was kind of made for this and it's really come across well. I really think it was a fantastic mm-hmm. season. I don't have really great complaints. And we've done the hot takes, but the hot takes aren't really complaints about anything. Um, so I can't imagine being a book reader and being upset about this season. Maybe yeah. relax. Yeah, which feels weird because lately, I'll be honest, like – being book readers for fantasy shows in mm-hmm, particular mm-hmm. lately has not been the best thing. I've actually been thinking about it recently of like, it's kind of funny that like, it almost seems like a bad thing to be book readers. Cause yeah, even like, yeah. I'm just, I mean, and I'm talking a lot right now, but I'm like one and a half episodes into rings of power. And I'm like looking around, like, I like this. Like, I don't know what's wrong, like what's not correct. So like, it feels interesting and engaging to yep, me. Yep. It's just thinking like, man, that's it's probably a good thing that I didn't like dive into the Cimmerillion and kind of read as much as I could have. Yep. Totally agree. Wheel of Time, The Witcher, The Lord of the Rings. You don't want to be a book reader because they're, we're insufferable, basically. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but <laughs> Game of Thrones, I'm in that. Yeah, I mean, Game yeah. of Thrones for this specifically, there are some people out there that aren't happy, but I think the large majority... They some pretty much just the can't, get, can't be yeah. happy, man. Yeah. yeah, and some people are a little bit too. I don't want to say emotionally invested, but I think that they kind of pick things that they latch onto, and if it isn't exactly in their head, then it's not good at all. But thankfully, I'm not like that generally. Yeah. So it's been fucking fantastic for me, and I will now cede the floor. Yeah, I mean, I just think you nailed it. I don't have much left to say except this kind of proves that George R. R. Martin is just the goat. I mean, you need him to make these shows phenomenal. As soon as he left Game of Thrones, it was just downhill. He's back, and House of the Dragon is, like you said, pretty much loved by everybody. <laughs> we don't, we can't call him the goat until he can actually finish his damn series. But, I, I mean... <laughs> He's the goat of, like, of, of book to television and adaptation. Yeah, and I mean, I think so we far. talked about it, and, you know, there's plenty... I mean, not that any of us really... Kyle and Luke are close, but can be any kind of expert on fantasy. But just to say, like, when he finishes, I would say that he's probably going to end up being the GOAT. If he finishes, yeah. I guess. But he won't. Um, yeah, it'll that's just, a better way to say it. That'll just be like the whole... That'll that'll be a debate that's absolutely... And there, yeah, it's all relative. Self. It's like... I mean, it's almost like LeBron, Kobe. Yeah, it's, all, it's all relative. That's all I got to say. This is a phenomenal season. I appreciate you guys letting me jump on for the last two episodes. <laughs> of course guest of the game of thrones pod or house of the dragon pod i'm gonna say sir jim luke sir jim targaryen (laughs) (laughs) who turned out to be a girl (laughs) yeah right (laughs) okay because i guess we did mention that that we were calling the the mist the i was gonna say the mistborn baby wow the miscarriage baby (laughs) sprint through hot take mvp i already did mine you have something yeah my hot take was already out there and kyle you told me i'm pretty hot so luke and kyle if you want to nail yours real quick then my hot take is going to be that I was not super satisfied with this as like a season finale. I would say initially it didn't feel like it was like, whoa, like that's the ending. But I think that the more I think about it, the better I get on it. But I don't know. I guess because I know what's like right up next and it feels like there could have been like a a really big exclamation point. But I guess the loop, the Battle of Storm Zen is a pretty good exclamation point. But I guess it just feels like there should have been more episodes, which I mean, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. That's not a, mm-hmm. a terribly good take or well-worded one, but 
mine's probably not going to be hot either then because my, or I don't know if it is. It, it's probably not going to be hot for this based on our conversation, but I think it is based on the sentiment of, of like the public narrative. But I was going to say that this is the second best episode across season one, Game of Thrones and all of House of the Dragon, only behind episode nine of Game of Thrones because of the Ned Stark moment being like one of the craziest things that's ever happened. But even so, I still say House of the Dragon's better, and I think this is the second best of the season ones. And I, I think that actually might be a little bit of a hot take. I don't know if this is everybody's favorite episode this season, but it's 100% my favorite episode. It didn't sound like that was like Dave and Alki's and Brian's yeah. when I voiced it after we watched the episode, so maybe it is hot. I don't Not really know. Either. I thought this ended with the the peak of the season. So there you go. That's, that's my hot take. Or Damon's Dragon is the best one out of all of them. That's not hot. Because, I don't think that's hot. Yeah, yeah that's not hot because okay, he's the cool. man. But um, I <laughs> awesome. think that it would be very interesting to bring up this conversation. Season one, Game of Thrones. Season one, House of the Dragon. If we come back and do all seven of us on a pod. If we do nice a, se- up, a yeah. season wrap up. Because we kind of let this one loose live together and there were some people that were on the game of thrones season one side and i don't remember if it was you kyle or might have been brian that said you know you're talking about luke hindsight and you know he was saying well house the dragon had the opportunity or i don't think i'm standing on game of thrones standing on yeah standing on game of thrones shoulders it it was you know lucky enough to do that and that's kind of why it's not the apples to apples that like kathleen was saying but that's for another time. And we can have some fun with that one because, um, mm-hmm. you know, with seven of us, we're going to have to get an answer. Someone's going to have four to three. Another well, battle like we had one. this past weekend. Jesus. Yeah, that geez. was. <laughs> Yo, um, do we want to do we want to do top and bottom or do we want to call it a night? Uh, it doesn't matter. Let's just, I'll do it in two seconds because right. I did. Yeah, no explanations. I, just say your top and bottom. Yeah. Corliss, the motherfucking rider. Hell yeah. He's the homie. Yeah. He gets it. Um, and then bottom, dude, I had nobody. I almost said uh I almost said right uh Rhaenyra for not letting Damon kill Cyrax on the fucking I mean Whoa. use Cyrax to kill Otto. Sorry, <laughs> on the drag him out path. So I didn't have a bottom. So there you go. Or B- Baratheon. I'm gonna bounce off that because my top is Rhaenyra. I mean, the bitch with just going through it this season, and I think she's gonna be an amazing queen if she gets there. Bottom is Vagar for eating my dude. Like, don't do that. Next, <laughs> James. Um, I'm gonna go. I want to go with Rhaenyra and her actress. I just thought that it was it was killed. This episode, really, we already brought it up, but um, Emma killed it with their portrayal of of Rhaenyra going through grief, going through uncertainty, rage at the end. Just unbelievable. LVP, uh, I guess I'm going to go Baratheon here. I just think that, you know, I I always think and I joke about it, but I think about Stannis and I don't know anything about the Baratheon line. We know Robert and, and Stannis and even. Stannis and uh, Renly are, are way different, so I don't know which side the Baratheon blood's supposed to go, but this Baratheon sandbag central to our, our girl Rhaenyra. I will take, since you guys have all had good ones, and I'll try not to double up, so my top will be Eric, Sir Eric Cargill, because <laughs> our, yeah, our guy slipped out and gave Rhaenyra yeah, the Cerys' like crown, like and, and I'm That's explaining, I'm sorry. And my bottom, and oh my god, oh, my bottom's going to be Allison. Because <laughs> okay. she's not in it. <laughs> now, the, oh, oh, because okay. the page is weak. Yeah, the page is weak. Really? Because I was like, kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> the, pa- the page kiss. is weak and naive. How about that? 
Okay. okay. I like to. Nah, fuck her. Team Black. All you Team Green people listening to the podcast, stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. It's already done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season okay. one finished, baby. Yeah. So that's all she wrote. Jimmy teased a little bit of us doing like a full Benchtown episode. That might happen in the future if we can get it scheduled. I would personally enjoy that. Just like top five things, episode, all that kind of blah, blah, blah stuff. So if you like what you heard and you're somehow followed us this whole season and you're not subscribed, what are you doing? Please yeah. subscribe on whatever you're listening or watching on. And you can follow us on our socials, which you've actually mentioned a couple of times this episode, Twitter and Instagram at Bingetown TV. Um, the TikTok name changes. James pulls fast ones on me, so I never actually... I'm ba- yeah, I'm this, back but... to just Bingetown TV. <laughs> okay, so it's at Bingetown TV for that as well. Um, <laughs> we have a website. All of our collection of episodes is on the website, BingetownTV.com. Again, as always, if you're feeling super, super, super generous and want to throw us some gold dragons, check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash TV. We are, we talked about it recently. We're putting out just an insane amount of episodes lately. I mean, Rick and Morty season is actually on a hiatus right now, but we've done that. Um, Midnight Club has been coming out. We're covering that. Vampire Academy. We've actually been snagging some nice interviews for that as well. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definitely check those out. Obviously more coming on the horizon. Uh, and I think that's all I got. So honestly, just, yeah. Thanks for following through this whole long finale episode. Thanks for following for the whole season. We really appreciate you guys. And, uh, and thanks for listening. Dragons are going to dance, man. Well, they're not real, so they can't dance. (laughs) Dragons are not real. (laughs) You're listening to the Geekscape Network.